Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. A reminder again, Oilers Power Packs on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. Which pack is right for you? The Saturday Night Pack, the original six-pack, the Canadian Pack, which includes games against the Oilers' arch-rival, the Calgary Flames. Check out all nine Power Packs at edmontonoilers.com right now. Speaking of the Calgary Flames and tied into having Ian Herbers and... Stan Marple, who joined us in studio for an hour. Uh, We welcome back to the show a guy who had a terrific first year with the Flames. He had 15 goals, 38 uh, 38 points, was one of their best players down the stretch and uh, in the playoffs. Kind enough to join us on vacation. Hello, Derek Ryan. How are you doing? Hey Bob, I'm doing great. That was a nice segue there. Nice work. Yeah, well, it's rare that I that I hear that. Uh, you are you are you are a good person because you did this on sh- uh, short notice for us. Uh, but I thought it'd be appropriate, uh, given that you know we we, we had Ian and uh, Stan in uh, in studio uh, and. Uh, the Flames, by the way, also signed Luke Phillip, who was Player of the Year this past year out of the U of A. Uh, but uh, it is an interesting storyline just on the fact that there's lots of different journeys that a player can take to get to the National Hockey League, aren't there, Derek? Well, especially in the modern-day NHL, I think that, uh, you know, maybe 10 years ago it was a little bit different. There weren't as many guys taking different routes, but uh, I think it just speaks to how much uh, how many assets and how many people NHL teams have nowadays that are searching every avenue to find players that can play and and if you're good enough then um, scouts are going to find you so it's just uh, one of those things where hockey's growing more people are playing it and uh, more scouts are out there watching you played for uh, Bill Peters with uh, Spokane then you played the four years at Alberta you won a national title you end up over, uh, you know, and we talked a lot, a lot about the U of A, and I mean that was a pretty significant time for you. Went through a lot of different things um, personally, uh, but how much, how much you think you improved as a player during those four years at, at Alberta before you headed off to Europe? Well, that was huge for sure. My time at the U of A was huge for my personal development, as you stated, and and my hockey development for sure. I. I learned how to, you know, manage my time going to school and managing hockey at the same time. Um, you know, I learned how to make the most of every game. We didn't play as many games there, and and they have to make every game count. And that's kind of the story that goes along with my own journey to the NHL is that I was able to get better every year and every different location and place that I went. I I adapted. I changed to 
what would help me to be successful in that league and wherever I was playing and was able to continue to get better and better and and like I said before if you're if you're good enough then scouts will find you and they eventually found me over in Sweden so it's just uh that's just how it works nowadays yeah you went to Austria for three years did you even think like did you think you could be an offensive guy at first, and I'm serious about this because I know you ended up being like the top scorer in the league the third year you were there. But when you first went over, were you, was was there any doubt in your mind at all? I mean, yeah, for sure there was. There's always doubt in the back of your mind, especially when you're going to a new place, um, obviously a new country, a new continent. You're not sure what the hockey style is going to be like. The transition from Canadian university hockey to playing professionally and you know, playing for keeps is a is a big deal. So I, I didn't, I wasn't quite sure. I, it was more of an experiment, more than anything, with my wife and I going over there. You know, maybe it'll work out. Maybe I can turn this into a career in Europe, where we can live over there and raise our kids a little bit, or or who knows what can happen. So yeah, I mean, I definitely wasn't sure I'd be able to do as well as I did, but at the same time, I I knew I had the capability to have success at each level that I played at. You go to Sweden, you play for Obrero, which is not necessarily fair to say the the, the biggest or best-known Swedish hockey league for team, sure. but you end up being a, the MVP of the league. Was that the point where you started thinking uh, with Ross Lambert, your agent, that you might you might be able to play in the NHL? Was it that year? That's 100% right, yeah. that's. I mean, once I had success there in Sweden, which I talked about scouting before, and, and the Swedish league is one of the highest scouted leagues in the world, probably third best league in the world behind the NHL and the KHL. And so having success there obviously opened a lot more doors than having success in Canadian University or even the Austrian league, just because it's not as highly scouted or recognized. So having that really strong year is kind of like, I mean, there's all these stepping stones along the journey, and that year in Sweden was probably the biggest stepping stone. It, it springboarded me from being a, an elite European hockey player to, you know, having the potential to sign an NHL contract and play in the NHL. We're joined by Calgary Flames forward Derek Ryan, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. How important, speaking of the journey, has Bill Peters been? Because he was a guy, and it's ironic, on a day in which Ron Francis... Ron Francis mm-hmm. today named the general manager, the first general manager in Seattle. But it, correct me if I'm wrong here. Was it not Ron Francis and Bill Peters who called you directly uh, to try to convince you to sign with their organization? Because there were other NHL teams looking at you after that big year in Sweden. Yeah, there was several teams, Colorado, Washington. There was a couple that were that were interested in me. And you're right there that it was Ron Francis and Bill Peters that called me after that year in Sweden. And, express the interest and um and yeah so definitely can contribute a lot of that to bill peters for sure i knew him before from my time in spokane but also to ron francis i mean he's the the general manager he has the final say and he was able to you know talk to me and and have some faith that i could do something in charlotte the american league team and potentially make the jump to the nhl so um i have nothing but great things to say about ron francis he's a He's an awesome guy, great GM, and I think he'll have a lot of success in Seattle. All right. Uh, Derek Ryan, who grew up in Spokane, uh, joining us here in Oilers now. So last year you signed the three-year deals with the Flames. I just want to read the, the listeners the numbers here. 13 goals, 38 points in 81 games. You went plus 21, and you were 58% in the face-off circle, right shot as well. 
it went pretty well for you in your first year in Calgary, didn't it? I would say so, yeah. I had a little bit of a slow start adjusting to the new team, but I think, you know, taking a step back in the, in the offseason, I would say year one was a success for sure. Uh, what did you think of the Battle of Alberta, especially that first game, because it was heated? It's always heated. It's it's fun. I, You know, I talked to a lot of people from Calgary, and they, you know, kind of prepared me for what would happen there. There's a big rivalry with Vancouver now, too. And uh, but you just can't replicate that rivalry between Edmonton and Calgary. I I kind of viewed it or saw it from a university student perspective when I was living in Edmonton, and you know saw how the city just um, thrives and revolves around the Edmonton Oilers. And when those games are on against the Calgary Flames in particular, it's basically the whole city is watching. It seems like anyways. So it's. It's a cool environment uh, in both cities, in the Saddle Dome and at Rogers. Uh, it's fun to play in. Uh, the fans are into it. The players are into it and emotional. And um, it'd be fun if that last game of the year came down to you know, something pretty important. It'd be a pretty cool game to play in. Like the second round of the playoffs, Pacific Division uh, final game seven, that would be that would be gold. Derek Ryan, yeah, that'd probably be pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, now, you, by your own admission, you're not exactly – one of the central antagonistic uh, features of the Calgary Flames lineup. You've got Matthew Kachuk. He is. Make no mistake, Derek, I'd love to have him on the Oilers. But when you got a guy like that on your team, at any time it's a combustible situation, isn't it? Yeah, he's one of those players that you hate to play against, but you love to have him on your team. And Those are usually pretty effective players, especially in those games, those rivalry games where everything's pretty heated. Uh, the Oilers have some pretty top guys that maybe Chucky can get under their skin a little bit and and get them off their game. And when you have someone as good as Connor McDavid, then it's it can be useful to try and get him off his game. That's kind of the only way you can slow him down or or affect him at all. He's he's so good. So yeah, he's Chucky's really good. He's he's good because he can be that antagonist guy, and he can also you know hurt you offensively. Uh, he can hang on to pucks down low, and he just uh, can control the game at times, which is kind of surprising just because he's not the best skater, but he just has all the other features that that makes him, uh, you know, flourish in those those high-energy, high-emotion uh, situations and games. Calgary Flames center Derek Ryan, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Derek, did you know how good Mark Giordano was when you were playing in Carolina? No, I didn't, especially being in the Eastern Conference, you know, it, He's a he's a household name, especially in Canada. But you know, playing with him and seeing him on a nightly basis, um, obviously the season he had last year was something incredibly special and fun to watch. But he's he's just so good in so many areas. Uh, the offensive numbers speak for themselves. But he's so good in in other ways that people don't even realize his leadership. Um, you know, his calming effect in the dressing room or on the bench when when things are going not so great he just he brings so many things to the table and he's such a good guy you know off the ice too that it's uh it surprised me a little bit and it was fun to kind of watch him and get to know him as a person and as a player he's just so special you never know what's going to make a line tick or what combination of players work so on that note why did it work for you andrew Maggiapani, uh and garnet hathaway as the season wore on down in calgary yeah, that's a good question. I've been asked that a lot. Um, I think it came down to a lot of things. I think we all 
eventually got more comfortable. We all had unique situations. I was adjusting to a new city and organization, a team. And uh, as I got more comfortable, I got better. Um, Manjapani, as he was called up, he, you know, he was nervous and probably wasn't willing to take as many offensive risks. Um, that helped him to have success later. And as he got more comfortable, he was willing to do that. And, and as with any person, you get more comfortable with where you are, then, then you just get more confidence and you tend to flourish. And, and Hath was pretty much a similar story to Manji. He got more comfortable, but he also, you know, I took him under my wing a little bit and tried to teach him the intricacies of the game that a player like him or myself can, well, we have to thrive at whatever it's face-offs or as a winger, he's got to be physical and hanging on to pucks. Um, we were a tandem together on the penalty kill. All these things that, you know, when you're the bottom six guy and you're not getting all the ice time in the world, you have to find ways to contribute and have a positive effect on the game and the team. And so once we all kind of figured out what our role was and how we could be effective, it really started to, um, you know, grow from there. Um, not to belabor, you know, what was a tough end of the season for you guys because, I mean, you had a dominant year and at least you got there. Uh, I mean, you, you know, top spot in the Pacific Division. Uh, all that said, right. you ran into Nathan McKinnon. Uh, learning experience for you guys? Yeah, learning experience for everybody. Obviously not a ton of playoff experience in general on the Calgary Flames, so I think we... Um, Hopefully we realize what it takes to win at that time of year. It's not it's not the same. It's it's just a completely different game than the regular season. Um, I think our skill guys have to change a little bit. You know, a ref put the whistle away and you can't be looking for calls. You just have to play through everything. And um, you talked about me not realizing how good Geo was playing in Carolina, but I didn't realize how good McKinnon was either, even playing in the regular season. He just him and, uh, him and Rantanen were pretty dominant. They were hard to play against, and uh, their top guys were phenomenal. So you tip your hat to them. Uh, but at the same time, we hope we can learn from um, the intensity, uh, what was at stake, and uh, just everybody has to buy in. All right, and final question for you, because sometimes we like to have a little bit of fun. And normally I don't go down this path with guys, but it's right on your Twitter account. Uh, you are you're a Mormon, and there's not a lot of Mormons in the NHL. And some would say the NHL lifestyle isn't necessarily conducive to being a Latter Day Saint. I'm going to assume you're often the designated driver, uh, but uh, it, it it is a little bit. To your knowledge, are you the only current Mormon in the NHL? To my knowledge, I am only the current Mormon in the NHL. Yeah, for sure. But I think that you know my lifestyle. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Um, family is huge to me. I think that's conducive to, well, obviously being healthy and and uh, being a good teammate. So I think that um, I think a lot of the younger guys take note of that. See that you don't have to drink and party and uh, live the you know stereotypical hockey player life to to enjoy your life and to be happy. So. I think that uh, it has a good effect on the young guys, especially. Well, that being said, you still you still attend team functions, right? You just don't drink. Right, that can be the DD. You're you're the designated driver. Hey, we'll let you get right. back to uh, your kids' vacation down in California. Thanks for taking time to join us, Derek. Hey, Bob, no problem. Good catching up. That's Derek Ryan of the Calgary Flames, the only current. Uh, Latter-day Saint in the National Hockey League. I, did, I didn't even know that about him before. So, and I thought I knew pretty much everything. Well, you know, 
I'm an Odal. I think I know a lot about it a lot. And as you get older, you realize the less you actually know about anything. It is 149. Uh, we will have NHL today for elite promotional marketing in the final segment of the show today. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. 153 in Edmonton, 50 years. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years. The silver anniversary this year at Royal Pizza. Specials coming. Stay tuned on that front. Stop for recommendation the Mediterranean chicken for menu locations. Visit royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. And uh, we're going to head off now at this time, as promised, to NHL Today for elite promotional marketing. Get the hottest branded items for summer, like blankets, camping chairs, coolers, outdoor games, and more at Elite Promotional Marketing. Here's Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. Well, I get to lead off with the Kamloops storyline here. The Red Wings re-signing uh, Kamloops-born and actually former high school classmate of mine, Joe Hicketts, to a two-year Come contract on, really? extension. Seriously. Wow. I, I went to elementary school with Chad Butcher as well, as a matter of fact. Did so you? I was not aware that he was uh, recruited by the but we should we, we should mention that uh, your elementary school, uh, what was that, grade, grade one to six? That was the longest nine years of your life? Oh, come on, Bob. Come on. Uh, Alex Ovechkin will visit Beijing in August as a league ambassador for the NHL. Of course, Beijing hosting the 2022 Winter Olympics, and Ovechkin was quite outspoken uh, about wanting to represent his country back in 2018. So clearly doing what he can to grease the wheels on allowing well, NHL Well, trust me, in. that's not the only wheels that got greased there. He's getting paid to go, okay? That's that's how that works. However, I mean, he's still, you know what, he's you still You used the to... phrase. I had to jump in. All right, all right. Uh, please report out of Detroit says that the death of former Predators captain Greg Johnson, uh, which we did mention last week, was an apparent suicide. A 12-year NHL veteran was 48 years old. And on a more positive note, uh, Hockey Canada named 26 WHL players to the U-17 National Development Camp. Oil Kings forward Dylan Gunther will be joined by St. Albert's Matthew Savoy and Zach Ostopchuk. Uh, Fort Saskatchewan's Colton Dock and Edmonton's Sean Tishagrill and Kyle Masters. This team will compete uh, four spots on one of three Canadian teams uh, will compete at the 2019 World Under 17s early November in Medicine Hat. Uh, where's Savoy playing, by the way? Where do you? <laughs> I can admit when I'm wrong. Uh, hey, dude. <laughs> Jack Jack Michaels will tell you never bet against me if it seems like if it's too good to be true. Never bet against me. Of course, I've, Jack Cookson would say, uh, and Ken Nichols would tell you, that uh, if you're on an American trip with Bob in the U.S., always take some of Bob's action when it comes to college football. But is it not insider trading if you make that bet with some uh, knowledge whoa, that not everyone whoa, has? Whoa, 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 He's up here. Uh, to this day in Oilers history, uh, oh, this is going to be fun hearing you pronounce this name. Uh, here's Brendan Escott. Oh, boy, yeah. Back at, and, and again, boy, is it ever July 18th, Bob, but former Oilers forward Aristo Yalo. You got it. All right. Yeah, there we go. Born in Finland on this day. He had uh, three assists in three games with the Oilers in the 1985-86 season. Went back to Finland and never played hockey in North America again. You were digging deep. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, another former Oiler was born today. Ian Herbers. There you have it. It is Miko Koskinen's birthday as well. Those following along on social so media would two, know that. Two Finns, two and, a Finns. Guy, and a guy in Ian Herbers who lacks some finish. 
<laughs> I'm here all week. Try the veal. Uh, tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, it, now, if Reed Wilkins has a couple of our guests tomorrow, uh, I'm gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be duking it out. We're gonna be going. It's gonna be go time. He is strictly CFL tonight. However, uh, Eskimos defensive coordinator Philip Lolly has really got that team moving on the defensive end of the ball, and uh, Alouettes coach Kahari Jones as well. Bob, here we go. Eskimos and Alouettes. What time is uh, that? Is a Saturday game. Uh, two o'clock kickoff. Two o'clock kickoff. So twelve thirty pregame coming up right. tomorrow. Work in progress, but. Uh, who do we got so far? We can confirm Graham Brown, who is the president of U Sports in Canada. He right. will join us at uh, 1235 tomorrow. Yeah, doing a little bit uh, different topic tomorrow on tomorrow's show as well. Uh, the rest of the show is fluid, as they say. Uh, special thanks to uh, Calgary Flames forward Derek Ryan and Alberta Golden Bears general manager Stan Marple, head coach Ian Herbers. You have a theme on today's show. I'll never be fabulously rich, I can tell you that. But up next, the news, weather, and traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.